Hey, did somebody call for backup? What's up, prodigies? And welcome back to Call for Backup, a prodigal song podcast for nerds and beyond. Drop all your sharp instruments as we discuss season two, episode eight of Prodigal Son. If you're not caught up, this is your big spoiler warning. Come join us when you've watched all of season one, now available on HBO Max, and all the latest episodes of season two on Fox Now and Hulu. As many of you know, I'm Kaylee and I'm a staff writer at Nerds. You can find me on social media at Kaylee Gross. For this episode, I am joined by Brianna Megan and my partner in podcast crime, Jules. So thanks for being here this week. Brianna is providing a quick recap of the episode. Jules will be leading the discussion of our favorite noteworthy moments and helping to discuss our theories. And of course, we'll have our weekly Malcolm Danger Count, led by myself and Jules. But don't worry, I'll end the episode with a nice dose of reflection for the week ahead, with a motivational affirmation or quote. Before we begin, I'll let the other staff members introduce themselves and explain what they do for nerds. I'm Megan. I'm a staff writer, and you can find me on Twitter at Marvel Stalina. I'm Brianna, an editor, and you can find me on Twitter at BookBag09. And I'm Jules. I am an editor, writer, and content assistant, and you can find me on Twitter at JulesWritesBlog. This week on Prodigal Son, Europol detective Simon Hawksley arrives in New York, determined to track down Endicott's killer and the individual killing members of Endicott's courier system. He's convinced the Whitleys are involved and interrogates everyone but Ainsley. At long last, we learn how Malcolm moved Endicott's body. He used Endicott's own courier network, meaning Malcolm can now be tied to the murder. He races the NYPD and the killer in an attempt to save Natalie, the one courier he met only to discover she's the killer thereafter. Meanwhile, Martin steals a pair of suture scissors while Capshaw is distracted in the infirmary and faces off with Hoxley, who nearly meets his demise at Martin's hands. Malcolm saves the day, barely rescuing Hoxley from Natalie, who ultimately takes a deadly fall off the side of the boat. The NYPD and Hoxley link Natalie to Endicott and determine she killed him, thereby putting the Whitleys in the clear. Capshaw is a smart cookie and retrieves her scissors from Martin in his cell during a heated moment that ends with a kiss between the two. Be sure to check out our in-depth recap on nerdsandbeyond.com for all the details. Now, on to our discussion. So for the first time in six weeks, we have a new episode to discuss on the podcast. Oh my God, you guys, there's so Whoa. much to get into this week. We oh my goodness. For sure. Yes, we definitely miss discussing new information with you guys. Um, so the first biggest thing that happened this week is that we got our first full episode with Hoxley, who we are about to do some horrifically bad <laughs> imitations of. You can um, do some horrifically bad imitations. Yeah, I don't try. think I will partake. that I practiced last night? <laughs> <laughs> that just tells you how pathetic I am. It's okay. Okay, come on, Kaylee. Come on. <laughs> Show us what you got. Well, it's not great, but I was trying to do his lines. <laughs> So he was like, um, El Arroyo. That's how he said it. <laughs> Am I wrong? Am Bravo. I wrong? Bravo. Bravo. He goes, you do not disappoint. Like all, you know, it's like, he's kind of like posh a little bit. Oh, you yeah. Know? He went for it. And Alan Cumming is Scottish. So, you know, he was like, I'm going to make fun of all oh, these yeah. people across the pond. It was, I mean, what did you guys think of his performance in the show? It was perfect. It was really, really perfect. That's all I have to say. <laughs> I thought he did it in such a, like, it was, like, dramatically, like, 
you know what I'm saying? Like he just had, you can tell he had so much fun with it. Mm-hmm. And I know his character was kind of like over the top, but I think that was the point. Cause he, like Malcolm said, he kind of has like a big ego. Like he's the mind sleuth, you know, he's this <laughs> well-renowned profiler kind of thing. And I, I just think it was so funny, um, especially to see him like towards the end of the episode, he's like, you know, just make cracking these jokes. Like <laughs> I'm about to be killed by a millennial. Like <laughs> what a twist. Um, that line was just hilarious, but just him being like, I don't have a gun. Like I'm British. Like, what do you want from me? You know, like maybe I'm not all that I'm, you know, cracked up to be kind of thing, but I just mm-hmm. thought he killed it. And it was just freaking hilarious. I'm the same way. I just, I love how theatrical he was with it. And mm-hmm. on a show that's fairly serious, but can be wacky. Like not every show could have that kind of character and have it play well. And it, it really did. And I love the interactions of characters. You know, Danny was disgusted with him the entire time. <laughs> like you get away. You're, you're not my profiler. Go away. That was great. And I mean, just the thing with Arroyo and how he pronounced it. I don't know how Gil didn't <laughs> smack him at some point. I would have loved to see him and Adriza interact, though. That would have been. Uh, I know, the tragedy. That would have been perfect. Maybe next episode. <laughs> I was going to say, also, um, kind of jumping off Brianna, I really liked how he had a different interaction with each of, like, the ensemble, like, Gil, Malcolm, mm-hmm. Jessica. Like, he kind of really inserted himself into all of them, like, to that group. And it was different with each interaction, like, especially with him and Malcolm, they're, you know, kind of going head to head or mind to mind, I should say, profiler versus profiler. I just thought it was interesting because we haven't really seen Malcolm's intelligence be matched. And I'm trying to think, I think it was last season, episode 12. I think it was the internal affairs one where the psychologist was like going head to head with him. But other than that, Mm -hmm. like we haven't really seen him kind of go kind of face off with somebody that matches his training, his knowledge. So I just thought his abilities, right. His skills and everything. So I just thought it was interesting how we kind of saw them like the tension. And I like how Hoxley was like messing with his like knives and stuff. I'm like, you should see what he should do with those. Like, (laughs) (laughs) See (laughs) what he can do with those. So I just thought overall it was a great, um, a great inter- introduction to his character. I think. Yeah, I could see I them bringing him back. Him. He has one more episode, but I don't know when it's happening. They said he's yeah, around. I thought for he two, was though. Yeah, he was in. Oh, I, is think, that I think they counted. Oh. I think they counted the winner that little bit in the oh, winter. I thought he was coming back. Oh, I thought no. he was coming back. Oh, oh, that doesn't. That's technically yeah. too. Yeah, we're not. We're not getting him back. So if we get a season three. I would love to see him come back because I feel like I am my jaw is on my desk. Or or how about oh, we got like a Hoxley spinoff? Oh, oh, just my God. completely focused on Hoxley. Him and his scarf. <laughs> <laughs> what did he say? Not the cashmere or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. I'm like, you're so bleeding. Funny. I'm like, can we not? I'm like, priorities. Come on. Priorities. Absolutely. I mean, he's just, it was just such an interesting performance. And like Brianna said, it's not, the show can be very serious and it's definitely gone serious before, but I personally love Prodigal Son the most when they just go completely wacky and do these crazy things like bringing in Hawksley. I mean, who would have thought that such a theatrical character up against Malcolm would be so entertaining, but it just was. And he worked so well with Jessica too. That scene was absolutely Mm -hmm. hilarious between him and Bellamy because you're you're dealing with two upper class people there really you're dealing with these very like polite 
and, and also, can we talk about how Jessica completely <laughs> almost ruined everything by trying to be too witty with this guy? <laughs> I just wanted to scream at her through my TV. Right. I know. I was just going to add really quick. I think my favorite pairing, watching him talk to everybody, had to have been him and Martin because just we know all of Martin's little triggers, but it's like he knew all of them too because mm-hmm. he did all the research on him beforehand. So he knew exactly what buttons to push. And I honestly, I really thought Martin was just going to take him out. Like, dude, you already got 23 murders. Just take him out. What's one more, right? Won't be a problem. Yeah, exactly. You're already in <laughs> what's, prison. What's what's 24, you know? Make it an even number. Um <laughs> You know, a little OCD in there, but well, because going off of what you said, Brianna, he was very close to killing him. I thought he was going to shank him right in the infirmary because he was so close until Mm -hmm. Capshaw was like, hey, Whitley, you got to finish your jobs and Hoxley, you can get out. (laughs) She was like (laughs) done with him. Um, But I was going to say, too, that Hoxley saw the paternal proudness um, that Martin had that no one really picked up on. He's like, oh. So your kids did the murder, but he pinned it on Malcolm and didn't even think twice about Ainsley, which we know is not the case. So it's just funny how they always assume it's Malcolm because, you know, he's he studied Martin and his murders and, and he's in this field and they don't even assume it's Ainsley, which ah, it's just crazy. And that's on sexism right there. <laughs> no thinks the daughter's going to do it. Everyone pins it on the son. It's always the quiet ones, right? It's always the quiet. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> I mean, but that that set up the the final, well, it wasn't the very final shot. We'll talk about the actual final shot later. <laughs> but him in the interview with Ainsley where she's like, what was it like to put the woman away who murdered Indicott? And it's like, you're literally talking to the girl who did it. And it was yes. just, uh, that was so great. You could see it's the such a clever eye line. of like, wow. So genius. She and was I, relishing that a little too much. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I thought it was smart on Malcolm's part to be like, oh, like you're the one that, that solved the case and kind of boosting his ego to kind of be like, yeah, mm-hmm. I solved the case. I, you know, I caught Indicott's murder, uh, murderer. I'm sorry. And then he's like, oh, you know, I, I don't, I haven't had a TV appearance in years. And, but <laughs> Hoxley knew that Ainsley was a reporter because he said Mrs. Whitley or Miss Whitley when he was um, commenting on the scene mm-hmm. uh, when she was there. So like, I feel like he was fishing and Malcolm just took the bait. But I feel like it worked out in both their favors, I guess. So. It's funny because I read that scene differently. I read that more as Malcolm like taking pity on him and just being like, no, no, you just go ahead and take the credit because he doesn't want to have to deal with any of it anymore. And mm-hmm. having Hoxley get the narrative out there. He's already a best-selling author. Like right. Having that story out there, everyone will know who killed Endicott and they won't have to deal with it anymore. Yeah. But I took it more of like a pity thing, I guess. I don't know. Maybe because of Malcolm's speech about him being so washed up and in the bargain bin. That was ruthless. You want to talk about ruthless? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think you're right, but I I don't know. I think he had multiple... Um, motives? Yeah. Until ulterior motives. That's the word I was thinking of. Because at the same time, if he boosts him up, like, oh, you solved it, you know, let's you go on TV, you do all this. Um, so kind of like you said, kind of put it out there that Endicott's murder has been caught. Um, I think it kind of does double duty for him a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting. Well, that's what I was gonna ask. So we were talking about a little bit before before we started recording. Um, <laughs> <No> but <laughs> so so this episode sort of 
closes the book on the Endicott case, right? Or Publicly does or does it? I don't because... believe it's over, but that could be for the theories. I'll talk I, what, what I was worried about the whole time, and we talked about this a little bit, is their reaction to getting away with it. Up until this point, we've seen that Malcolm is pretty conflicted about it. Like, obviously, he feels like he did what he had to do. No one misses Endicott as a human being. Like, he wasn't a good person. <laughs> Not but Malcolm place. feels weird about it. Like, he feels like he's getting away with this crime. But in this episode, everyone's got like the celebratory attitude like everyone's like toasting and excited about getting away with murder isn't this exciting like should we be nervous about the fact that not one of the Whitleys seems very concerned about this I feel like Malcolm had his time to be concerned and I feel like a part of him still is but I think because the worst of it is over like especially with Hoxley's you know involvement and like you know, finding him in Estonia and all that kind of stuff. I think it kind of brought everything back to the forefront. But now that they've caught Indicott's murderer, I'm using the air quotes because we know it's Ainsley. Um, I think he kind of could like be relieved a little bit that it's out there in the open that Indicott's murderer has been caught. So I feel like he can kind of breathe a sigh of relief. But I don't think he will ever stop worrying about that. <laughs> yeah, I think we're done with like the storyline as far as will they, won't they get caught. But I think it's going to linger in like Malcolm's psyche as far mm-hmm. as how it affects him going forward. But kind of like you were saying, I don't think he was excited about it or anything. I think he's just tired. He just seems very tired to me. <laughs> oh, just like, I'm so <laughs> tired of having to cover up for my <laughs> insane another vacation and try and <laughs> keep all of our names off of, you know, the suspect list. And I think he's just probably not relieved, but. Yeah, I think I think relief is a genuine emotion for him yeah. to be feeling. It's yeah. it's been and a lot have to, to carry around every waking minute, trying to you know keep an eye on Ainsley. But then, cause... what's Jessica's reaction though? Because Ainsley, we get because we've basically said she's a sociopath. Malcolm, <laughs> we get because he's relieved because he's been carrying sociopath. We will see, but with Jessica, <laughs> she's kind of in the middle. Like she was very anxious about this and worried about. So why is she celebrating? Because no matter what, you've still got one kid who murdered a guy in your living room and one kid who helped that kid cover it up. So why is she so happy? That's, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm worried. I think Jessica thought that Ainsley was one and done with the murders. So she thought maybe the worst is over. Like we were able to get away with this murder. Now we won't have any more, but we don't, you know, I feel like we don't really know that Ainsley's, about Ainsley's tendencies. Um, mm-hmm. So I think she was kind of like Malcolm, like slightly relieved that, you know, they got away with murder, but at the same time, maybe Ainsley's like on the right track now. So. Yeah. I think she leans more towards still that sort of like public image mentality of like, mm. all right, this is, this is mm. done. We're going to sweep it under the rug and we'll never talk about it again. Like that's true. the rug that has blood on it. Ainsley and mm. Sonia. That one? Yeah, that one. <laughs> Under that rug. That rug. Can I that just say, can I just say, when she was like, oh, you think I murdered him in my house? And he's like, oh, I didn't even think about it being in the house. I was like, are you... <laughs> the Jessica, second she said that, I was like, shut up. I was like, Jessica, shh, just right. drink your martini, get drunk, and stop leave. Talking. I don't know, leave your own house. I don't even care. Like, go on a vacation. I don't know. Just stop talking. All like, of them are horrifically bad liars. Terrible. They really are. Except I don't know how Ainsley they were able to Ainsley get away with it. doesn't have a conscience. That's why Ainsley <laughs> can do it. Ainsley's like, I didn't kill him. Try me. And the other two are like, what? Me? Murder? No. When Hoxley noticed the rug and Jessica's comment about the murder being in the house, I was like... <laughs> You're not doing so well, Jessica. Just stop all your head. 
Mm-hmm. It just was not good all around. So I was like, oh, they're terrible. They're terrible liars. And they just need to not commit any crimes because they clearly can't hide them well. So <laughs> if you can't I mean, lie, is, don't is like, the crime. See, see, Ainsley is like her father. And then Malcolm is like his mother. <laughs> Which is so, so it, funny. It fits, it fits perfectly. I mean, it's not funny, but <laughs> you know what I mean? I do like that it gave us the whole her ripping the cocktail away from him because that was hilarious and he just looks so affronted and it's like you just accused her of murder what do you expect yeah right she's like I can't believe I made you a martini like that is like sacred for her like a martini oh you crossed the line I need a martini Martinis I'm pretty sure we all need martinis after watching this episode I know there was so much several several that's something I wanted to comment on now that we're talking about the rug and we're talking about the murder is that theories were correct on this podcast. Woo! <laughs> we now know how they got away with murder. And I think Brianna was the one who suggested it first, that it was Endicott's network that helped Malcolm get rid of the body. Mm-hmm. So I just think round of applause Woo! for our, our podcast you. here. Woo! We, we got it. <laughs> we did. Um, what did you guys think about the actual way that they ended up having them get away with murder? Do you do we think it's realistic? Do we think it made sense? I think it sort of made sense because I feel like no one would suspect Endicott's own courier service to be like involved in his own murder. But I don't know. I kind of wanted a little bit more. That's why I'm like, did they really, are they really done with the storyline? Because I kind of wanted a little bit more about like the actual like disposal. And I don't know. That's I just wanted sick. the whole picture. That's because we like true crime too much. We're you like, how I mean? did he do it? How did, did he, he hack like, up the body? How did he get the body out of the house? How did Ainsley go from point A to point B? Like, that's the kind of stuff mm-hmm. I want to know. Cause I feel like that's important for the story. They're holding back Ainsley. They're holding that back for a reason, yeah. I guarantee, because she had that little slip this episode. We're going to talk about it later. <laughs> but I, I, th- I think there's a reason we haven't seen yet what happened with Ainsley that night. I don't know. I liked it. I liked that it was like a nice, neat little bow. And other than like <laughs> Malcolm's getting from point A to point B and what Ainsley did after, it was a great way for them to like neatly tie it up Mm-hmm. There aren't these like weird plot holes that are going to crop up because there is someone there every step of the way to get something, you know, transported, depending on where it was going. They never did say why he picked Estonia specifically. That would be cool to hear. But I, I don't like it. I just feel like this show is never neatly tied in a bow. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like nothing is <laughs> completely. Well, I there's always like, a loose thread. Right. It was like three words and it's like, oh, well, that's so obvious. Yeah. What a great idea. It wasn't like, all right, well, then I had to get book a plane and then I had to buy a cart. Mm-hmm. It wasn't complicated, was, which was nice yeah. after, yeah. you know, if it was like three episodes long, just to explain how he got from point A to B, point B, I would have been frustrated. You know what I mean? I would have been. I would watch a three episode arc. Of I would. I would watch it, but I'd be like, really, you're going to take three episodes. I mean, I, I, I like how it was kind of simplistic for you know, mm-hmm. kind of like they, like they mentioned it, they kind of, like you said, kind of wrapped it up a little bit, but I just, a part of me doesn't want it to be wrapped up yet. I do. I think they, we've stretched it out good. We've watched them stress out, but I want to see like psychologically how they move forward and like mm-hmm. what, because no, there's always okay. some sort of arc. Right. So it's like, what yeah. is our second half arc going to be? Like nothing really got set up in this episode. Deep. So Deep. I feel like okay. next week's is going to be a lot of unpacking because we'll get whatever's coming. 
And there was well, a lot of I like think... hinting, hinting going oh, on yeah. this episode of like where stuff might go in the future. Mm-hmm. There, there, there's so many like little lines that they threw in there that didn't <laughs> seem like super important. And then you rewatch the episode and you're like, wait, hold on. Like, what did they just say? Like, what was that? Mm-hmm. Telling you yeah. it's the escape. I'm going to save that for the theory section. <laughs> the escape? Is that what we're calling it? Come on now. We literally have an episode coming up called Exit Strategy. I mean, come on. Yeah. Isn't that the next true. episode though? No, one half. No, it's it's a couple after. I get super confused with the titles. Up next <laughs> is the Killabusters. Really quick side note: which episode is the Adresa one? It's next episode, right? Next yeah, week. it's Killabusters. No Adresa this week, but we get so much Adresa next week. I'm Yay! so excited. I Let's go. So we have to address the ship in the room. Um, <laughs> it's. We? we do. We do have to address <laughs> it because it's a big part of the episode. Um, so Capshaw and Martin, mm-hmm. once such, such hated people th- that hated each other so much that they literally did an enemies to lovers in about half of an episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> what, what, how are we feeling? How are we feeling now Not that good, the Capshaw? <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. Not good. <laughs> I don't like it. I'm gonna be a Chris Evans. I don't I, like it. Don't like it. Like it. Take it away. <laughs> oh, I think he's using so... her as an ends to a means, and I, I don't know. My whole big thing is like, if you watch the kiss, and because I wrote the recap, I had to watch this episode three or four times. <laughs> fortunately, <laughs> she doesn't really kiss him back. She doesn't jerk away either, yeah. but she doesn't kiss him back necessarily, and he's conflicted, pissed yeah. when she walks away. Like he looks furious. Mm-hmm. so I think she's not as on board with this idea and I don't think he really likes her I think he's manipulating her as usual he's just as, I, mean, as usual. I mean when isn't he manipulating right. somebody <laughs> I don't know a part of him I think a part of him does kind of like have some sort of way deep down in his very cold black heart um I feel like there's like a little little spot in there for her um, but again, I think you're right, Brianna. I think he's just mani- manipulating her to to get out, which we know is coming vastly approaching. <laughs> so, <laughs> in some ways, though, she's almost his ideal woman. Like she's mm-hmm. accomplished. She's very much almost like Jessica in a way, in that she's very headstrong and kind of has her own thing going on, and she doesn't really take his crap. But I, I wonder, because then they had that scene between the two of them where she was asking him how he could compartmentalize between losing his patients and killing his victims. And she just seemed a little too invested in his answers to that question. Like she really wanted to know. Mm-hmm. I think maybe she is actually falling for him and she's having some really complicated feelings about it. Like, I don't think she's happy that that's happening but I think she's seeing this kind of human side of him and he's being nice to her when nobody else kind of is because it seems like she has like this like super protective mechanism up like she's always like ready to fight whoever comes through the door and he's being nice to her I don't know like I feel like it's kind of a legit weird thing for both of them like I think they're both kind of like am I is this is huh but they are also both using each other because Martin needs assistance with his escape plan and so she's there yeah but what is Capshaw using him for? I don't know. Some, some light in her life? Her life seems pretty bleak. Maybe we don't know <laughs> or, yet. Maybe that's part of the story maybe to she's come. Just we don't know what trying, she's getting. Mm-hmm. Maybe she's just trying to get into his mind. 
just to, I thought like, see could just what be a true thinking. crime fan. I'm not even going to say what I was going to say. Don't even. Say what I was going to say. So I'll move on topics real quick. Um, <laughs> in the promo we saw, she is like kicking the crap out of somebody. And I, I, I don't want to be Mr. David, but I'm scared it's Mr. David. Because he looks a little lengthy. His little legs. Lengthy. Kicked in the stomach. Mr. David does not get paid enough for this. We said this before, and I'll say it again. He does not get paid enough. He just needs a long vacation away from protect him at at all costs. I know, Mm -hmm. Mr. David. (laughs) Mr. David, like security. Yes. (laughs) But do you think that she is going to be the one that really helps him escape? Because she's kicking the guards. Yes, I do. I've called prison romance since the day she showed up in the promos. I so too. I, yes, I think she's the way mm-hmm. out. I don't know if she's going to survive it though. Like, I don't think, I don't know if that's going to make it to like the next season if they get like a season three. I don't know if she, because it seems like they're advertising Catherine Zeta Jones as being here for like a limited time and not necessarily yeah. being like a new series regular. But right. she's it. I think she's at the very least going to give him a key to getting out like whatever we saw him i thought it was him get the gold key pass thing we were talking about a couple episodes ago Mm -hmm. if you watch the promo they have on um guard uniforms where do they get the uniforms someone's got to get the uniforms for him yeah but i I wonder i wonder what he's offering her for her to agree to it you know what i mean hello hello Oh, the romance of it all. <laughs> but how realistic is that romance, though? You know what I'm saying? Because if he mm. if he gets caught again, he's just going to go back, probably back. They're to not school. thinking I mean, with their brains, Kaylee. They're not show. thinking with their well, brains right now. See, I'm more of a practical person, so I'm like, this is not going to work. <laughs> You're a murderer. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I know, to, I mean, you have to be fair, show, this show isn't really as realistic anyway. So. No, it's it's I'll prodigal get- son, <laughs> Kaylee. <laughs> I just, I'm enjoying I want him to escape solely for the purpose of you know Malcolm will like head up the hunt of trying to logic where his father would go and then you know he'll figure it out first or maybe Ainsley mm-hmm. will figure it out first and they've got the dilemma of do they turn their father in and then Malcolm has to revisit his trauma because he did it the first time does he do it the second time Ooh, I don't know you wow. know Terry's <laughs> corner with Brianna right <laughs> <laughs> you know where I think he'll be in the house where the junkyard yeah. killer was, you know, why not? See, don't start cooling with their careers. No, <laughs> they're there or, or or just chilling in Malcolm's apartment. That cabin. <laughs> oh my god, sunshine. that's true. <laughs> Sunshine's like, what the heck's going on? <laughs> <laughs> oh, can we talk about Sunshine? Sunshine returned. He he makes, I loved him like sunshine. ranting at Sunshine about his process. I would love that every episode. Just take well, and Sunshine we have- on your shoulder every case Ugh. we had like two sunshine cameos i was so excited if we could get like a full episode of just malcolm and sunshine <laughs> i would I take were, it how they met, <laughs> you know, how they they met. their journey together <laughs> oh my god <laughs> so. why is her name sunshine yeah why is her name sunshine we don't know these things see we need a backstory episode exclusively for sunshine i'm telling you i season three Please. we need a season imagine three <laughs> watching him sleep being like up oh, here we go again you know what I mean? like <laughs> she's just that that me. This is why we need season three. <laughs> <laughs> oh 
Oh my God. I am very sleepy. I haven't had my nap guys. If anybody knows me, knows, knows I nap. So that's why I'm having a hard time this episode. <laughs> so this veers into our theory section a little bit. So why don't, why don't we just transition to theories and I'll open with this. All right. Um, we had a bit of a, a line from Ainsley this week that was a little interesting, a little interesting because when they were celebrating getting away with murder, Ooh. you know, or not, not quite. It wasn't that scene. It was the other scene where they were talking about the murder Oh, yes. and they were yeah. talking about why it happened. And she said something along the lines of, you know, I did it to protect us. Like, that's why I did it. That's why I killed him. And it was interesting because up until this point, even though we know that she remembers what happened that night and she remembers physically stabbing him and doing all of that, we've been operating under the assumption that when she initially did it, she was on autopilot she wasn't thinking it was just a spur of the moment action even if afterwards she remembered what she did that line would indicate something different that she knew what she was doing at the time that she was doing it and maybe sort of faked being in a daze Ooh, what did you guys think do we think maybe that this is playing into our previous theory of ansley's going to turn out to be completely evil with her last episode tricking malcolm um, into thinking she had killed again mm. it wouldn't surprise me to be honest yeah. um i mean I, I think it would be an interesting like plot line and character development to see ainsley kind of go down a, an even more darker path but it wouldn't surprise me if she had lied in that situation to kind of just kind of have malcolm take care of it you know what i mean yeah. um because i feel like if she had freaked out or you know i just feel like she was just like oh malcolm will take care of it because he, he'll he'll protect us he'll protect me I don't know. I, I I'm conflicted about this. I almost don't want to say mine because it kind of comes to her defense. Oh, what? I'm there sorry. I'm sorry, Kaylee. Yeah. Can, my we, mic. can Hold we on. increase the volume <laughs> Here, on yeah. that one when you edit the sound? Yeah. <laughs> no. My initial thought with it was less that she knew what she was doing in the moment and more of like it happened and that's how she's rationalizing it for herself now of like, well, obviously that's what I was aiming for. And like, that's the only way she can kind of accept the fact that mm. she killed someone. But no, I, I also see it the other way too, of maybe she did just fake it. Mm. And she really did know what she was doing the whole time, which if so, like why fake full on amnesia though? I don't know. That seems a little, but we had a whole episode of her tricking Malcolm. So I really and just, she's the she's only one who can lie which we've established she's really the only one of that well, family that is successful at keeping any kind of secret well, for any length of time martin is good at lying but his his fault is he wants the credit for everything yes so yeah. he can't get away with a lie for too long <laughs> ainsley's not that way ainsley's like i'll gut you and we'll never hear about it again yeah and that's the tea <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it's literally the tea because martin <laughs> You did not. I did. <laughs> I told you all. I need a nap. <laughs> like yesterday. The only thing I could think of when we were watching that scene is the fan theory that we discussed last week that Ainsley was setting up Malcolm to take the fall mm -hmm. in case she needed to, which actually would be interesting because she couldn't have foreseen that Natalie would do what she would do, right? So, cause that was a completely out of nowhere sort of person and, and someone that they couldn't have anticipated. So if she was setting up Malcolm to take the fall, this now conveniently means that she doesn't have to have Malcolm take the fall, right? Like she can keep her brother safe if she wants to, if we're going with that she's evil and that she planned this. 
So I, what Brianna was saying about, uh, or no, I think it was you, Jules, about why she would choose amnesia. Now I don't remember which one of you it was. Brianna, it was Brianna. Okay. Um, well, because Malcolm had some like trauma-related amnesia, sort of, with not remembering anything about the junkyard killer. So she probably just was like, "Oh, that's the first thing I thought of." It's you know? legit, and easier to lie if you claim you don't remember what happened because then you're not trying to keep a story straight you're just saying i don't remember right. I, I just can't recall i just don't know so. but i think she's so familiar with malcolm's like mental health mm-hmm. that she's like oh like you know what i'm saying like i think she just yeah it was just qu- something that's quick and believable because people a lot of people have like disassociative trauma um, amnesia you know related to those events um because it's too painful to remember you know what I yeah. mean? you know what i'm saying so I, I don't know i feel like that might be an explanation that's why it's something that came to her if if in fact she is lying about what mm-hmm. you know forgetting the whole thing in the moment i mean what other theories do we have for this week? Do you guys think of it? I know the, the promos are interesting because we got one promo here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And then internationally, there was a different promo that has a better promo. Of- <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it had a lot more clips in it than the U.S. Yeah. one did. Well, and there's our, some interesting the stuff one- in there. I think the U.S. one for, was like for the rest of the season, right? Yeah, I think so. And whereas the international one was more for the next like episode, mm-hmm. like specifically. In which Malcolm gets run over, <laughs> and Danny is just right there watching. And oh, and we already so we already know there's a danger count. That's yeah. great. And then thank, thank like you no, for letting us know. <laughs> there's no clips of like him being hurt or anything. I don't know. I don't know what to make of that. But there is a clip at the end of that one of Martin being in a hospital bed. Mm, so yes. I wonder if we're gonna get this weird parallel of like him being in the infirmary and Malcolm being in. The hospital because we know how well the show does the different parallels that's true what if i was gonna say what if martin or gosh dang it <laughs> okay i meant to say malcolm but it was kind of related to, to martin as well so my brain was kind of just going quicker than i could <laughs> say the words out loud what if malcolm was trying to stop the car that's the escape car from claremont Ooh. you know and i don't like- think we're gonna get the escape until the exit strategy episode personally so what's next? What's next episode? I thought exit strategy. It's Idrissa's group. It's Idrissa's like sleuth group. Oh, Her like solving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God, I, I think like- that I think that car scene is going to be the end of the episode because we know how much they love cliffhangers. Oh, I think that's Bye. I think that's going to be at the end. Mark my words. <laughs> you heard it here yeah. first, guys. I'm calling. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> cliffhangers. That's, he better be yeah. fine. I mean, obviously he'll be fine, but because well, I'm so we get another now. weird like alternate reality. Some yeah, oh, I'm so confused because we barely saw any clips. I feel like from next episode, so I'm thinking because the escape yeah. in the our promo in the U.S. promo was like the forefront of the whole like yeah thing. So now yeah. I'm thinking that's next episode, but it's not. So I feel like I have no idea. Except well, hopefully I guess we'll I get another you know promo later this week but i could just next week is going to be one of those like one-off standalone fun ones where it's not going to really set anything up we're just going to get like adresa and her group and Mm -hmm. from the promo pictures that we already got of the episode it kind of looks like danny and malcolm are like babysitting her group at his getting run over by car (laughs) which you guys can find at nerdsandbeyond.com where we have all of the episode descriptions as we get them as well as new episode photos Oh, yeah. Just type in Prodigal Son mm-hmm. in the search box and it should pull up for you. 
And now it is time for the return of one of our favorite segments that we haven't haven't been able to use for six weeks. Uh, the Malcolm Danger Count. Warning. Warning. Malcolm Danger. Where we go over the many, many horrible decisions made by Malcolm Bright. And, uh, you know, honestly, could have been worse. It could have been This episode could have been worse. Um, our count for the season so far, just to remind everybody, we're at 20. So we're about halfway through at about 20. So we'll see how this goes. <laughs> Considering we already know that there's a, a hit by car incident coming our way. We know that that danger oh, yeah. is going to go up. Um, but for this episode, we have five. Our first one is Malcolm going by himself to investigate at the fish processing plant. Uh, you know, once again, doing things outside the reach of the justice system, perhaps. A little bit. Cutting off, <laughs> a little. Cutting off fingers is not a FBI. And, and, that's, on, and that is a separate, that is item number two. Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. Because not only did he go to the fish processing plant in the first place, he also took the guy's thumb, took a phone, that's evidence, literally splashed himself into an active crime scene. I, I mean. And he, then he hid. He hit and her then he hit like, oh, why is your arm wet? Oh, you know, a puddle. <laughs> <laughs> like of all the you know, worst I mean, like, liar. Spilled water in my I had a bottle of water I finished and the rest of it got spilled on my arm. Like that's more believable than you falling in a puddle or something. Worst liar in history. I'm telling Malcolm you. Right. Truly. <laughs> Our third danger count kind of related using the thumb to then open the phone and yes we know that he had the timer for 60 seconds and he knew that if he destroyed it then it wouldn't be able to track the location don't take that chance don't do it it's like not worth it you know not worth it oh. my guy i like mean he, I, he wasn't in physical danger but he was in like yes i don't know another like <laughs> emotional danger mental danger i don't know criminal culpability danger yes. yeah exactly <laughs> putting himself at more risk Yes, at, at legal at legal jeopardy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, our fourth one for the week is meeting up with Natalie in the first place. Yes, we didn't know that Natalie was the killer. Can't fault Malcolm there. He didn't know. I didn't see it coming either. I don't blame him. I, yeah, it was kind of out of nowhere. It was a good twist. But meeting someone alone in a vehicle at night, I, I don't know. Well, maybe, maybe not the smartest move. Well, and, and one especially connected to Endicott's murder. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was a little, you know, maybe yeah. he could have taken Danny with them. But, you know, I digress. That's what you call an emotional blind spot because he <laughs> saw Sophie in Natalie. And, you know, our buddy makes bad decisions when he feels like he needs to That was his first people. mistake. <laughs> that, that was his first mistake. Sophie was not. And I, I anyway, we'll move on. <laughs> like we don't have time for this <laughs> and our our fifth one is a bit of a like overall count because there were individual moments of danger within this but the whole thing is really dangerous the fact that he decided to race natalie to intercept her before she could kill hoxley and then subsequently having a battle with her on the yacht mm -hmm. just to her gruesome gruesome death to her gruesome death. Talk about actually oh oh it was no, it was you. gnarly like we've had some gnarly like crime scenes but mm -hmm. to actually see it i don't want to say penetrate but to like thrust yeah. what's worse <laughs> her body um was not 
uh, pleasing <laughs> for the eyes. I'm just batting a thousand here, I think. <laughs> I'm telling you, a nap is needed. <laughs> anyway, the blades went through her body. That's what I was trying to say. Yes. And to see, we watched her die on screen, which yeah. is pretty, I don't think we've really seen that kind of thing yet. I mean, it was pretty... Mm-hmm. That's not the way I would want to go, falling 50 feet off of a yacht onto a spike. And he gave her know. a chance. He gave her gave a chance. Gave her a chance. And then she decided to shoot him, and she paid for it, unfortunately. So, but, because you're right, Jules, like, we actually saw the light leave her eyes, which yeah. was, like, kind of intense in that moment, because from impact to her, like, taking her last breath, you're like, <gasps> like, you almost took your last yeah. breath with her. So it was like, oh, it was really, like, intense and emotional. Yeah, it was a really great scene, but very dangerous for our friend Malcolm. Oh yeah, for sure. Because it could have been him. You know, we don't we mm-hmm. we don't know. But if we missed any danger counts you guys saw, uh, let us know. Tag us at call for backup pod. That's call the number four backup pod, and uh, let us know. As a party note for our podcast, we'll be ending every episode with a motivational affirmation or quote that hopefully inspires you as you start your weekend. This week's quote is, be ruthless for your own well-being. Holly Butcher. Remember, prodigies, if you're trapped on a yacht with a wounded mind sleuth and a raging murderer shooting at you, don't be like Malcolm and call for backup. That's our show for this week. Be sure to check back next week. And in the meantime, you can follow us on our brand new Twitter account at call for backup pod. That's call the number four backup pod. Tag us and let us know your thoughts on the episode. And as always, follow us at Nerd to Beyond for all of your nerdy news.